Reporting from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations, this is the Cyber Risk Report. The Cyber Risk Report is a strategic intelligence product created by Cisco analysts that highlights current security issues in mid- to long-range perspectives. The report addresses seven major risk management categories, including vulnerability, physical, legal, trust, identity, human, and geopolitical. This report covers the time period of September 10th through September 16th, 2012. Vulnerability activity was slightly decreased for the period. Highlights for the period included the scheduled Microsoft Security Bulletins for September, which only included two bulletins, uh, but possibly more important was the reminder of the upcoming RSA key length requirement in October. Details of the Microsoft release are available on the Cisco SIO portal, including individual IntelliShield alerts, IPS signatures, an applied mitigation bulletin, and the consolidated Cisco event response. Cisco released two advisories during the period for a Cisco ASA-CX and PRSM log retention denial of service vulnerability, and a Cisco Unified Presence and Jabber Extensible Communications Platform stream header denial of service vulnerability. Cisco also released IntelliShield Alert 26670 for a Cisco Software Encryption Library Information Disclosure Vulnerability. Other important security advisories included the Real Network's Real Player September 2012 update, Apple updates for QuickTime, and a large update for iTunes correcting 160 vulnerabilities, Zen Hypervisor for multiple vulnerabilities, and a GNU GlibC vulnerability that could impact a large number of open source products. In threat activity, FireEye reported the identification of a PDF attack targeting the defense and aviation industries. The attack exploits the vulnerability in Adobe Acrobat and Reader that was reported in CVE 2009-0927. Some misinformation during the period reported an attack on GoDaddy, for which a hacker group took credit, but was refuted by GoDaddy as an internal problem. And a second report circulated about the compromise of Domino's Pizza in India, which was later clarified to note that personal information from the customer website had been compromised, but the financial systems and no financial information was compromised. CloudMark reported a 913% increase in SMS phishing during early September, primarily from a single set of attacks. The phishing attempts included over 500 distinct format and phone numbers for the recipients to call in an attempt to compromise personal and sensitive information. Similarly, Cisco has seen an increase in SMS spam and phishing and reminds users and administrators of this new developing attack vector that requires attention. IntelliShield published 117 events last week, 57 new events, and 60 updated events. These alerts are available via the IntelliShield Alert Manager service. Visit www.cisco.com slash go slash IntelliShield for more information. Moving on to the physical risk management category. During this U.S. Disaster Preparedness Month, individuals and organizations are reminded that in addition to the multiple U.S. government agencies that provide assistance and planning and preparation for disasters and emergencies, multiple local government and non-government agencies, such as the Red Cross, also provide extensive extensive tools, apps, uh, guidance, and other resources to assist individuals, schools, and workplaces. In preparing, reviewing, and testing disaster and emergency plans, organizations should be familiar with their local government resources and the extensive resources available through local non-government resources. 
Many of these local government and non-government agencies can provide additional assistance, details on specific local threats, and guidance for localized disaster planning. Similarly, a familiarization with the local resources, contact information, and alignment with the disaster and uh, emergency plans and can enable a more rapid and efficient response in the event of an actual disaster or emergency. And next, in the legal risk management category... A U.S. court granted Microsoft's Digital Crime Unit permission to take control of the 3222.org domain, which provided dynamic DNS service to the NITOL botnet, and over 70,000 subdomains that were hosting uh, over 500 various forms of malicious code. In research leading to the legal actions, Microsoft discovered supply chain manufacturers were installing counterfeit versions of Microsoft Windows software that included various malware. The court order allows Microsoft to host the 3322.org domain using a newly created domain name system that can block malware and botnet operations, while allowing legitimate domains and traffic to continue. Unlike previous Microsoft Digital Crime Unit research and legal actions, this was focused on a supply chain that allowed malicious code installation during the manufacturing process. Unsuspecting recipients of these systems would likely be compromised before they had detected or corrected the malicious code infections. Similar investigations have raised questions on the security of supply chains and again raises the issues for all organizations to carefully consider their supply chain operations, uh, third-party suppliers, and software vendors. In this case, the compromised supply chain appears to have only operated and delivered infected systems in China, but serves as an example of the potential weaknesses that could impact other supply chains. And this week in the human risk management category... Results from the DEF CON 20 hacking contest show that the corporations scoring the worst in this year's competition included ones that had done the best in the previous competition. Walmart and Target were highlighted as two of the major U.S. corporations that had previously done well but did not in this year's competition. It's difficult to read too much into the results due to the large number of variables in the hacking contest and the methods used by the participants or who, when, and where the targeted corporations may have been exploited. It's worth noting the new and successful methods used in the contest, uh, reinforcing security awareness and training across the corporations, and perhaps performing similar internal authorized social engineering testing. Whether a corporation did well or not, this year or last, is far less important than the details of the contest, techniques, and successes across the contest. And in the geopolitical risk management category this week, angry demonstrations over an anti-Islamic film that led to attacks on U.S. government buildings in several countries in the Middle East continued this week. The U.S. ambassador to Libya and three other Americans were killed in a rocket attack on the consulate in Benghazi. Uh, four people were killed during demonstrations and attacks on U.S. embassies across North Africa and the Middle East. Many questions remain over these attacks, including whether they were premeditated, spontaneous, or a combination of the two. There are also doubts about the identity of the filmmaker, who is said to be in hiding and used an assumed name. Clips of the film were posted to YouTube in July, but they didn't garner much attention until an Arabic translation was posted in early September. YouTube was blocked in some countries in order to cool public ardor, although YouTube hasn't taken the offending video clips down. 
From an information security perspective, the rapid spread of anti-U.S. violence across North Africa last week is a stark reminder of the force-multiplying effect of the Internet. It remains unclear whether organized terrorist elements took advantage of the sudden outburst of popular anger uh, to carry out the attack in Benghazi, or whether outrage over the anti-Islamic movie coincided with attacks planned for the September 11th anniversary. What's clearer is how quickly anger and misinformation were propagated and exacerbated online. Several governments found during the Arab Spring that switching off cell phone access or blocking connectivity had the unintended effect of increasing public anger. Going forward, content hosts, service providers, host governments, and public safety authorities will probably be faced with more such crises. At times, A decision must be made between restricting online access in the name of public safety or keeping lines open in the name of speech freedom. Western companies with assets in the Middle East may want to ensure they maintain and communicate clear policies for protecting data and working with local authorities in the case of situations that may unexpectedly involve their data or networks and closely monitor U.S. State Department current travel warnings and updates. And also this week... Black Hole Exploit Kit 2.0 was released. The popular exploitation framework improved detection resistance, bundled new exploits, and added feature improvements to the administration panel. The exploit kit is available as a hosted service and as a standalone platform. The new features are purposely built to reduce the effectiveness of AV detection, uh, to foil security researchers, and improve exploitation effectiveness. Some of the more interesting improvements include dynamic URL generation. This creates URLs that are only valid for as little as a few seconds and also makes it harder to block specific URLs that are known to exploit client systems. Um, Exploit cleanup. Many older exploits that are becoming less effective have been removed. Oftentimes, these older exploits alerted users to the exploit attempts before successful exploitation. By cleaning up the old exploits, the success rate of exploits should increase. Increased researcher resistance. Blocking direct referencing to FOIL researchers and reverse engineers that attempt to access exploits. And administrative improvements, improvements to processing and security, as well as the ability to block certain referrers or networks, uh, such as Tor. Once again, the game of cat and mouse continues. As detection methods improve to detect current exploit frameworks, framework authors continue to push the envelope to stay ahead of the game. As evidenced by the initial posting, exploit kits are a competitive market. To stay relevant, improvements need to be continuously implemented, even in the black market of exploit kits. To avoid becoming a victim, users should avoid clicking on unsolicited links. Administrators should keep up to date with vendor security patches and have a layered security policy. This concludes the Cyber Risk Report for this week. To read the full report, visit www.cisco.com go SIO and select the Cyber Risk Reports link. Tune in for next week's report from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.